Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by GhostBed.com! 
Life on the front lines requires you to step up your game. Owned and operated by former co-founder and president of Strikeforce Energy and former Navy SEAL Sean Madsen, Cardomax has designed just the right supplements for you and is offering Ross Patterson Revolution listeners an exclusive offer. Buy one, get one free on your first order. Go to Cardomax.com and use the promo code Nooners. That's Cardomax.com, helping you achieve your max. Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. We got two special guests today because they're two of my favorite actors on the planet who have happened to get together and create the greatest autobiography ever written about the life of Danny Trejo. We've got Donald Logue and Danny Trejo here today. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you. Fine, fine. Thanks for having us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Donald, I'll start with you. We have a we have a, a close friend together. I know yeah, both both of you pretty who is, well. Who is that? Uh, Michael Raymond James, who you did uh, a TV show called Terriers with. No uh, man, Mikey's my brother, brother, brother. <laughs> and, Mike- and without telling Danny, Mikey's like the greatest actor who's ever lived. Like the guy. What? I said second greatest actor who's ever lived. (laughs) Mikey's so good that you're like, how does that guy not have like five Oscars in his closet? He's been on the show numerous times. We're friends in real life. Terriers was one of my favorite shows ever. And I felt like if they just gave that an extra season on FX, it would have exploded. Uh, I don't know if John Landgraf is still there, but uh, tell him to put it back on the air. Well, you know, Landgraf felt bad, and it's a dollars and cents thing, and um, I have nothing, but John Landgraf is, everybody wants to say about Hollywood executives, it's like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about, and they're like, oh, give me more of the green guy, or whatever the heck, John Landgraf's the smartest dude you'll ever meet, like, his, his, his taste is so on point, he articulates things in such a remarkable way, so... I know it, but what I will say about John is he fought to keep the show on the air when the ratings were terrible. He had, he, he fought his fight, but it was to give us the 13. And what was so cool about that was that when it went to Netflix and it found a life afterwards, it gave it this new life. And so I'm always going to be appreciative. Yeah. It broke my heart, man. I, I actually quit the business for a bit and started driving truck after terriers because i was just so bummed out yeah and i look i feel like we all have these crazy hollywood stories where if one thing doesn't go right you get pissed off about it and then you kind of live in that headspace for a while danny i I don't know if i've ever gotten to tell you this in person but uh you actually got one of my movies greenlit and it, it was an impossible movie to make and if you didn't do it um, I don't know that it ever would have been made. It was a, a movie called Pool Boy, Drowning Out the Fury. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> was that with Kevin um, Sorbo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was with Kevin Sorbo. It was a crazy underground comedy that exploded, and it was a, a huge cult movie. But um, you, we were going after every stereotype in the movie, and they said, look – You've got to get a huge Latino actor to do this movie. Danny, you, you agreed to do it, and uh, you sat down with me and you said, look, I think the comedy in this is really funny and really smart. I don't really care what anybody else says. I'm going to do this movie. And it was about, um, we shot about a month before uh, Machete came out. And um, it, I, I, to this day, I, I can't thank you enough for doing it. 
Thank you. Thank you. God, are you kidding? Thank you for giving me a job. <laughs> hey, by the way, I don't know if you did you you probably didn't get a chance to get the the advanced copy yet, did you? Uh, of the book, no, it, it has yeah. not come in. Um, yeah, yeah. So, man, we'll have to get you one. So, what happened was, can I blow a piece of the book, Danny? Yeah. So, yeah. Danny was, Danny's living at a hotel. He's newly single. He's he's got like whatever it is, thirty five grand in the world to his name left, and then he's going through it at a clip because he's living at this hotel, right? And uh, <laughs> can I tell this story, Danny? <laughs> and. Uh, <clears throat> So then he goes to the bank one day and he realizes, man, I don't have anything left. And so he takes what he does have left down to Skid Row and just starts handing it out. And he's like partially to, to feed my own ego, partially to be a good guy or whatever. And then he goes to a meeting and he runs into Mario Castillo, who you'll get to know well in the book. And he says, yeah, me and, you know, he, Mario's out of jail, out of prison, excuse me. And he said, where are you living? And he goes, oh, this hotel. And he goes, well, come live with me and Max. And um, they had this house in Pacoima. And Danny's like, let me think about it. And the second he said between the about and it, he goes, I'll do it. And they, he moves in and he got pool boy and pool boy was the job. That was the job that he built everything back up from, from zero. What? Yeah. I, had no, I had no idea. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So when you said that, dude, I was tripping because I was like, you have to know what role that movie played in the rebuilding of his life. No I had way. just gone broke. I mean, you know what? It's like I, I I was doing really well while I was married. I was the fact I think me and my wife were wealthy and then we got a divorce and then she was wealthier. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh but I just kind of like, I don't know how to say it, like, just kind of like, you know, God, I was 68 years old or six and my life starting over again. And you're a damn failure. And, you know, it just, it was crazy. It was a, just a crazy time. And I was out of money. I was, I, and I, I remember I was given just, just partly, but Donald said it to feed my own ego and, and really to just do something for somebody else. Cause I always feel better. And then uh, it was funny because it's like when Max, when when Mario said, well, come stay with me and Max. Somebody just moved out. They had a house just right down the street from my mom's. And me and my mom were had been separated for quite a while. And uh, you see in the book. And, 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 and then so because of these two guys, I, I got closer to my mom again. And and it was funny, like Donald said, that was the. The beginning, right after Pool Boy, I got Machete. Yeah, and and then bam, you know, I'm I'm back on on, uh, you know, I'm shitting and talking cotton again. <laughs> yeah, so I Don, Donald, I wrote, uh, produced, and starred in that film, um, and uh, it was one of those. I think my second or third movie out of my own production company. But you know as well as I do, if you don't get a star for an independent film. Then sure. it doesn't sell well overseas, and then you know the financiers right. won't give you money for it and everything else. Hey man, I congrats to you because I haven't been able. I've had a really hard time trying to get small things off the ground, and and like you said, it's like okay, who's in it? Yep. And then who's in it, and yeah. who else is in it, right? <laughs> yeah. Or or you're like, I've got this tasty little movie, and I, you know I need about one eight to do it, and they're like, well, can you get Tom Cruise? And I'm like, shit, dude. 
If I could get Tom Cruise, I wouldn't be in your office asking you <laughs> if you wanted to do it. I'm I, I'm I'm really great. Wanted in Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah yeah that because that, that they'll ask that question they'll be like could he sell a movie in bangladesh and you're like i don't know um danny could danny could oh danny could for sure and like the the craziest thing is uh, there was two crazy things in that movie um since you know it and, and we'll chat about it i don't know if you know this donald i don't i don't danny i don't know if you remember this but uh, obviously danny you've been sober for many many years you take your sobriety very seriously and you mentor a lot of people we had an actor, OD, on that movie, and the first AD came out and talked to me, and you were sitting next to me behind Video Village, and uh, he goes, hey, Ross, uh, we, got some, we got some real bad news here. Uh, I think that, that guy is dead in his trailer. And Danny, you go, who? Who was it? Who, who's the guy? And then you go, oh, shit, I know him. I'll take care of this. And you push the first AD out of the way. I don't know what you said to this actor in, I heard you yelling outside the trailer. You shook this guy back to life. He came back, uh, finished the movie for the day. And, uh, and I was like, oh, everybody, all the crew members were like, damn, dude, Trejo really does live that life. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, you, I don't know if you remember who it was, but uh, I, I do. I'm not going to say his name, but you, <laughs> you saved the day on that movie We're production wise. To IMDb right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of like oddly famous people in that movie but you saved this guy's life and then at the end of the day um like uh there was about 300 workers downtown because we were shooting downtown it was about 114 it was about the weather you're facing up up in oregon right now uh down in uh yeah in la during the summertime and there was about 300 workers from the factories who were amped to meet danny uh after this 14 hour grueling day in 112 degree heat Danny, you stayed for three and a half hours and signed photos and took pictures with every single person in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, there was a bunch of them, but you know what? We just, I just, I, when I say my prayers in the morning, I ask the good Lord, let me take every picture and sign every autograph just because it's such a blessing to be able to make somebody's day. You know what I mean? Just with a hello and a hi and a picture and a, you know, and, and besides that, I've seen actors who stop signing autographs. I see their careers go in the shitter. <laughs> yeah. And with you, like, I'm sure it's gotten harder and harder over the years. You know, we, you and I have done a, a couple movies since. But, like, um, as your brand has built all over Los Angeles, I don't feel like I can drive one block without seeing a Trejo's Tacos, uh, Trejo's Donuts, coffee you you're you're an icon in the city I, I top three of all time i'd say magic johnson kobe bryant probably danny trejo you're everywhere in that city was that a design from you and your representatives or did was that all just an act a happy accident you know what everything good that has happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else i got into the restaurant business because i helped uh a director get a low budget movie off the, you know, he needed an actor and it was a movie called Badass and they needed, you know, a, a, a lead. And so I had a chance to do, you know, get a, you know, a, a 25 grander over here, mm -hmm. but my agent kept bugging me about this movie. And, and so, you know, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I did it. And, uh, 
rather than to see my agent go, okay. Don't say I didn't say anything. That's okay. Well, leave it alone. So anyway, I did this silly ass movie. Mm-hmm. Turns into a trilogy. Uh, made four times the amount of money. But uh, badass, I liked I liked the movie. It was great. I, and then I, I, uh, I ran into this director named Ash Shaw, who uh, saw that I like good food. You know, I, I, I won't eat processed food. I was, I was like, what, 72 years old. So you better be careful about what you eat. And, and uh, I, I would always order good food. And he said, why don't you open a restaurant? Jokingly, I said, Trejo's Tacos. And uh, two movies later, Badass, Badasses, Badass on the Bayou with Danny Glover. Uh, we, he brought me this business plan, you know, and, I opened it and the first page didn't have two killings. So I gave it to my agent and she said, it's a no brainer. Yeah. You know, and I, I wouldn't be in the restaurant business if, if that didn't happen. And so everything good has happened is helping someone else, you know, and he got a movie and in fact, got three of them made. You know, so. Hey Danny, because you, um, because Ash came up with the business plan when you guys were on third badass, were you tempted to call the restaurants badass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie Trejo's badass. I almost, special. I almost thought about calling dirty tacos, and then I thought, no, <laughs> that might not be a seller. <laughs> well, did you ever think oh, a, Jesus. a yeah. face like yours would end up on every block in Los Angeles? I mean, you literally can't drive anywhere without seeing your huge face on all of these establishments. It's incredible. I I just think about all the junior high girls that hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Man. Of course, of course. And uh, And how did you two get together to write this? Did you guys work on a project together? Did you know each other before? I met Donald Logue at oh, the cute. at the Hollywood Drug and Alcohol Center. I walked in, and he was sitting there. Thirty the years ago, by the way. And I said, I said, uh, "Hey, hi!" And he jumped up and said, "Hi, what, what, what do you mean?" He was the, the most angriest kid I ever met, <laughs> and I met angry. I I met. Crazy angry, right? You know, Vacaville is, is full of people, and yet I this was the angriest kid. I, damn, you know, and I thought, boy, if that kid doesn't stay clean, is he gonna get killed? Just because he was just one of them kind of people that was just the anger that you wouldn't, you know, you just shoot rather than than talk to. Yeah. And uh, and uh and then now you would just kind of let it go. Then later on, eight years later, huh? or no? Yeah, it was about eight years later. Yeah, I I, I do a movie called uh, uh, Reindeer Games. Oh yeah, with right? Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and it, they had they had Vin Diesel cast for this this role that he wasn't right for, right? And he was he was just all just crazy about doing it he didn't want to but he did a he's doing a favor for a a producer and he was really torn right and i said what's wrong with you man he says uh man you know what i got this film uh reddit 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 some 
Chronicles of Riddick or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Chronicles yeah, of Riddick, yeah, over Revolution. I'm supposed to be down there, and I'm, I promised they'd do this movie. And I said, well, just well, get out of here. What's wrong with these? Well, I can't. I don't want to piss anybody off. You're going to piss somebody off if you leave and you're already on film. You're not on film, Holmes. So you can split. <laughs> and he goes, so then the next morning we call up to get him, you know, tell him to come down from his hotel. You, Danny, you know what? I'm taking your advice. I'm all out of here. Like, yeah, cool. Get on, get back, do whatever you got to do. So then the guy that comes up is Donald. And I meet him in the basement of some uh, youth center meeting. I him in a meeting in Prince George, Canada. Yep. You know, and so, so, so we were destined to meet. Got I mean, it was like just so funny, and and we became, we became just friends ever since. And and uh, I, I think when I, you know, people have been telling me to write a book for twenty years, mm -hmm. and and but I every time I did, it became, it sounded like like a. a an English lesson or it sounded like a college professor talking. Yeah. Lect so, lecturing rather than telling yeah, us yeah, a so life I, story. I needed, I needed somebody that was like an English literature major, but from the streets, you know what I mean? So Calexico, the border is, is as close to the streets as you can. Well, it's under the streets, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where Donald was raised under the streets. You know what I mean? So when we when we became friends and started, well, we did one chapter, and then I I I gave it to Maid, my my uh, kid's mom, and she says it sounds like I'm I'm talking to you. That's great. You know, it sounds like you talking. So I said that's what I wanted because I didn't want you know to be politically correct or or my grammar or you know that kind of shit. You know, but. But it came out. I love the way it came but, out. But you know what, Danny? It is all, I mean, it has to be said. It's all of you. I will say this, Ross, about, you know, a lot of times with books, sometimes with someone of Danny's stature, they'll get some New York writer or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll come in and they'll do like 13 or 14 hours of interviews or less sometimes. And then they just go off and write a book and it's so clearly not their voice. And um, with this book, it was, it's all Danny. Danny and I sat for, I mean, we're always friends. We're always hanging out anyway, but we put a couple of years of concerted effort into it. And sometimes we'd get really onto the point. Sometimes we were just hanging out watching Rams games and stuff, you know, and, but, oh, but this was everything Danny said. It's all his voice. It's all, and I know it sounds weird, but there's kind of a trick and an art to capturing someone's their voice and not and and also just taking, uh, you know, whatever, just going through thousands of pages of transcripts. And the hardest thing was figuring out for the sake of structure, et cetera, what insanely awesome stories to leave out, which was unfortunate. But there's there's five good books on the floor, you know. Yeah, because it's um, it's one of those things with with a biography. It's someone else's life, Donald. Especially when you're you're writing an icon's life story, they're yeah. only you're only going to get one shot at a biography, right? There's not going to be sequels to yeah. it. Uh, you're going to get one yeah. shot to tell 
their life story and after they pass, whoever that may be, uh, or whenever that may be, I should say, um, that will live with their family members and everybody else forever of like, yeah. who was your grandfather? Who was your father? Well, here he is. He's in this book right here. Right. And for you personally to write this, you know, you're from Canada originally, but a lot of people don't know that you grew up on the border. Um, what was that like for you and how were you able to relate your experiences to Danny's life? I can't, you know, I, I, um, I can't, you know, in a lot of ways because I, I, can't, I just, I, you know, I'm, it's like being an actor. I can't, I can, I, I pretended to be killers on Vikings and sons and I ain't a killer. You know, I don't, I don't, what Danny's life experience was, was something I, I still am in awe over his life where I do think, I mean, I think Danny and I would always be friends and I do think we would he would always be friends with this kid. I left Canada when I was a year old. So, um, but I will say this, like Danny, Danny's come down a couple of times to the border with me where of course, you know, Danny coming down to the Imperial Valley is like Moses parting the friggin' Red Sea. <laughs> oh like, yeah. And, and Danny came to my high school to speak and there was something about it that drew us closer because um, as Danny was kind of intimating, you know, what was so strange was where I grew up and how I grew up was very close to how Danny did very similar kind of neighborhood. And, um, I was just the weird redheaded dude. And there's always one, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> my, um, my co-host on another was, show is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I oh, noticed yeah. in the classroom. He was still the only redhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, we, we had so many, uh, I don't know. It's, it's my, my link with Danny goes, goes deeper and, um, Things have happened between me and Danny that have no explanation. Uh, it made me, it, it this sounds crazy. Not crazy. I've been kind of a believer, but confused. Yourself. Don't know yourself. Hey, Donald, since you're having uh, a little bit of problems with your internet, I'm just going to go ahead and, and read the sponsors for the show who pay for it to be on the air. That way you can figure it out, dude. Zoom is Zoom sucks. I look, we're all trying to deal with it. It's totally fine. Uh, just let me let me get through this real quick. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Finest mattresses in the land. 30% off everything in the entire store. And right now they're giving you two free pillows with a mattress. And I think I think those Fourth of July deals are still on the site. I think they left them up for a couple of days. I don't know who their IT guy is, but I, th I think they accidentally left them up. Take advantage of it. Use it. Uh, you can bundle them together. When you bundle them all together, you get 36 months, uh, no interest on those. So you can get a brand new mattress set all the way around, dude, uh, for like 35 bucks a month. When I say no interest, you got to have decent credit. So don't come at me with like, hey, dog, I got a 550. Can't get that discount, dog. No. Dude, you can't. You can't do a lot of things in this life with, with credit like that. However, if you have decent credit at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, you can get out of there with a, a brand new mattress set. It is never, never too late to get a, a brand new mattress set. Best in the biz. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Today, 30% off. Two free pillows with a mattress. Next up, we've got Babble. Babbel.com. That is B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Use the promo code Nooners for three extra months for free. 
You guys are homies. You know the deal here. If you're trying to learn a language, now that uh, the, the pandemic is over, people are traveling, uh, you want to go to other countries, you want to be able to at least say, hey, dude, get me a cab, get me an Uber, get me uh, a dinner res somewhere. Uh, that's what Babbel can help you do. It is the number one selling language learning app. Uh, I know one of the goals for Jesse's New Year's was, was to, uh, to learn French. She still thinks I'm going to take her there, and that's probably not going to happen. I'm just too busy. I, I want to go to France, Jesse. I'm just too busy. Um, but we'll get there eventually. Uh, and, and when we do, you're going to know all this stuff. Uh, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go, unlike the infamous uh, language classes you took in high school. Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things you'll use like in your everyday life. Uh, other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase three months of Babbel subscription, that's right, when you purchase uh, a, a three-month Babbel subscription, You'll get an additional three months for free. That is six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com. Use the promo code Nooners. That is Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code Nooners for three extra months free. That's it. Babbel. Language for life. You good, Donald? Yeah, go, sounding weird. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. No, we, we got you back. The, the robots took over for a second, oh, but we, we got you I, back. I was just always, I was like, my, my, whatever my relationship with the higher power and the spirit of the universe or whatever. And Danny, shit always happens with Danny where I'm like, whoa, I am a believer. Like, I know Danny's like, I have faith and I believe in this and this. And I would kind of say, oh, yeah, I feel the same way, too. But I kind of privately didn't. And then there were some things that happened with Danny that freaked me out because they were so inexplicable. And, um, you know, in the audiobook version of the book, they included stories. And they said it was the first time that they've ever had a publisher's permission to do it. But they included a bunch of extra stories from me and Danny about each other as bonus tracks. Oh, that's awesome. I guess I would just have to say, if you listen to the audiobook, because I don't want to bogart the time and tell you this super long story where Danny was like a, a few times an angel in my life, but um, it's in the it's in the audiobook. Did did both of you guys get to read it? We had Matthew McConaughey on a couple months ago, and uh, I asked him about the importance of reading his own audiobook. Um, Danny, did you get to 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 read your own book? Yeah, I had to, to, to. I did the audio. That's great. Yeah, because it, it's it's mixed with publishers, um, and and I think with a guy like you who's so iconic, we need to hear your voice. So I'm yeah, I'm glad that that happened. I wanted, that's why I said it. It's like I wanted my voice because the stories in there were me. You know, it wasn't you know the stories aren't like you know I went to the market and got lost. It was you know it's like we tried killing this guy and on the third tier. So, you know, not everybody can say that, you know, and, and I didn't, I just wanted it in my voice, you know, because 
because it's you know my story i guess yeah and, and yeah and when it is your story um sometimes it's hard to open up was there any stories that you hadn't talked about to somebody in a, in a long time and and you know when donald asked you you were like all right, shit. Is that necessary for the book, or, or should I go into that? What do I want my kids to see and hear? Well, uh, it's funny because yeah. the first, the first, we, we let Maeve read an article. Maeve is the the mother of my kids, right? And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, we haven't we haven't been together in twenty five years, but we're still together, you know. And and uh, and she had two other kids, but but uh, but we let her and and she told me, yeah, well, that's really good, Dan, but. You know, it's kind of whitewashed. You know, you like, what are you talking about? Just, well, this. What about your mom? You know, what about your dad? You know, what about you know? And, and uh, I said, well, that's their story. He says, no, that's that's your story. You know, that's what that's what made you. You know, and and, and I said, well, yeah, well, I wouldn't abuse and yeah, I didn't think my dad grabbing me by the throat and lifting me up out of bed was abuse. I thought. I fucked up, you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> because that's, you know, you know, that's was, you know, okay. Threatening, I'll break every bone in your body. Well, I must've really screwed up, you know? And so, so, and uh, so it was like, this is even, I remember May saying, why do you think you've been married four times? Why do you think you've been divorced four times? Why do you think you've had children with women you weren't married to? And, and it was like, I was like, well, you know, uh, because uh, you know, mismatches, you know, <laughs> you might have trust issues, you know, but, but so, and then when I discussed it with Donald, he said, that's what made you, you know, you're not, and I just, well, I don't want to blame this on my mom or my dad, but well, that's their story. This is yours. Yeah. You know, this is what made you, you know, and so. All right. But so in we, Danny, but, and I'll say this, in that, what you taught me was it wasn't blaming either on them. It's not blaming yourself. It was realizing that certain people do what they have. They didn't, she didn't do that to hurt you. She did it to free herself in some kind of way or, right? right? It's so funny. I say that a lot of them, that, you know, he didn't do that to you. He did that for him. You know, right. for himself. And it's like, but I couldn't see it. You know what I mean? Until we like, really like, wait a minute. I can't, you know, I can't. What is it? Let, let, let he who is without sin shoot the first bullet or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and it's like, you know, well, wait a minute, man. I, I've been married four times and cheated on every one of my wives. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny. Don't laugh at <laughs> No, look, I, you, you, you've described all of my friends to a T right there. Exactly. Oh, so. God, don't. Jesus, oh boy, let me try to get a date now. <laughs> uh, Donald, let me ask you this. You, you said you had about four books left on the, on the, the edit floor, if you will. Um, what, was, what was a story that was left out that you wish would have made it? Story that it was left. Oh my God. Um, let me see. Uh, there was so, you know, first of all, I'll say this is a blanket statement, but I'll say a bunch of stuff from the prison years. Endlessly fascinating, super dark, really effed up. Um, those ones, those ones I would say, um, 
You know, one some. I, let me. See, I'm just trying to remember if it's still in there. A couple of the stories about guys, Danny running into guys outside that he had done time with. Um, what do you think, Danny? What what one story do you think that bums you out about not? There were okay. There was a lot of stuff. There was long sections about Danny's boxing career after. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What was the guy's name, Danny Howie Steinlin? Howie Steinler. Howie Steinler, yeah. There was a lot of stuff about, and I will say this: I don't mean to get too tangential. There's a guy Howie Steinler that Danny boxed for when he got out of prison because at the time the state wouldn't grant Danny a professional license because he was a convicted felon for two years. Mm -hmm. But Howie Steinler had Danny Lopez's brother. He had all the same amazing boxers and dance and went around fighting these underground illegal smokers. And that was an amazing, um, those were amazing stories. A lot of the stuff about Danny fighting, there were more intensive fighting fire stories when he was in the, the firefighting conservation camps as part of the prison system. Um, but I will say this, this is a little bit different. So shit, I don't even know if I can say this. You tell me if I can't, Danny, just irk if I can't say this stuff. So there's a guy in the book who's kind of a patron saint to a lot of ex-cons in the San Fernando Valley and had a, you know, he had an auto wrecking yard, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was Steindler and then there were these other people. And so just out of due diligence, I started going back and Googling names just to make sure I had like, there are one or two S's in the name and the spelling's correct. And I'd come across all these stories, including um, one of Danny's crime partners from the prison riot in Soledad. And you start seeing like, oh, this dude's kid was beaten to death. Howie Steindler himself was beaten to death off the 101, right, wow. Danny? Yeah. yeah. Um, or, you know, someone, someone's kid went, someone, oh, this kid went crazy and did a murder for hire on his wife, this guy. And it was like, what I realized was that the generational violence was so insane, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I don't want to get into specifics because I don't want to like, again, I don't want to hurt people with stories, but there was, I remember from my youth, there was a person, there was this woman I knew who had gotten pregnant by this dealer guy who was older. And, um, and she was just a young kind of confused kid. And I would see her at desert parties and everybody's like, head bang into the scorpions or something. And, you know, she's got a baby stroller and we're all 16 years old. And it's like just drinking whiskey and listening to metal. And I remember being at a party once and thinking, I wonder, and the kid's father had been murdered and, and no, the cops couldn't figure it out. He was a dealer and he had been pretty brutally murdered down where I grew up. And I remember looking at this baby stroller and being drunk myself and I go, what kind of life's this kid going to have, you know? Yeah. And then I remember reading a news story. Someone's like, oh, did so <laughs> decades later, someone says, uh, hey, man, did you hear what happened down in uh, our hometown? And I was like, no. And, you know, just the most undescribable, like, terrible crime. And they go, who's that? And they go, oh, so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the kid in the baby stroller. Oh, man. You know, and it's this, like... To, yeah, it just circles back around. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
to break that cycle is so brutal or to start motion. And, you know, God bless people, man, because uh, some people just a lot stacked from the get-go. I'm not excusing One second. I also think that people can, um, I also think, you know, there's no excuses because we can all take back our life and not blame, like Danny says, circumstances. Oh, you know what? My parents did this really bad shit to me. So I have a license to do shitty things to everybody else. No, because at some point we get self-awareness and we don't get to keep blaming people for our behavior, you know? Yeah. But um, there was just, there was so much, there were so many movie stories that didn't make it into the book only because it kind of vibrated away from being a kind of Hollywood book, if that makes sense, you know? It does, and and look, when you're dealing with a career of three, four hundred plus movies like Danny, it's like, how do you pick out your favorites and all the crazy stories and everything else? You know, there'll be the ones that the publicists feed you, but, but Danny, I'm sure you have your own favorite movies over the years. Uh, did you go through Heat uh, and, and working with Robert Rodriguez and all that stuff? Yeah. We talk about heat, and it was I worked with Robert De Niro, and I, I that was just like a that was a high point of my career, of my life, not just my career. I mean, uh, it, it was, you know, I'm the guy that when I did Runaway Train, if I would have went back to the joint after Runaway Train, I would have been a hero. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I know John Boyd, my pal. I mean, I could have talked shit all day long, but but to meet and work with Robert De Niro. You know what I mean? And to have him actually ask me, what do you think of this, Danny? How, how, how are you going to play this death scene? Yeah. I, how wild is that? And that was the most iconic death scene of that era. Because, I mean, I and Robert, the way he said it, he said, you know, I think you're already dead. I think you are just got enough to just ask me about Anna and, and to tell me to kill you. And, and I sat there, I thought, what would happen if I said, nah, Robert, I don't want to do it like that. But I didn't. You know, I just said, yeah, I, I, that's exactly, yeah, that's what I, that's the way I feel. And I mean, it becomes one of the most iconic death scene there's been, you know, and then, uh, and everybody was like, oh my God, that was awesome. Dan. That was, and I, you know, I, I did what he told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I ain't ashamed to admit it. And everybody, <laughs> Everybody kept saying, yeah, but you died. I said, yeah, but Robert De Niro killed me, fool. Yeah, <laughs> it's the greatest of all time. In a time. rad house. Yeah, in, in an amazing house. And it's like, you know, oh. I, I look at where you were, uh, and you've told me these stories personally, Danny. Like, there, there, you said there was a day in, in prison where you didn't know if you, you would ever make it out. Oh, what, yeah. what was it like from prison to being in front of Robert De Niro? Was there any shame of like what your past life was when you're working with guys of, of that stature? Um, no, or, or did yeah, you, did you, you have any what, of those conversations with him? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. Like there's some people in Hollywood that will not accept me as a, a peer or an actor. They're, they're just kind of like, you know, cause I didn't go to Julia art or, or, or <laughs> Strasburg, you know I mean, I, I, I just, this life experience just taught me how to, how to, where did you learn how to act? When you're in the yard in San Quentin and you know there's going to be a riot and you've got four inches of steel in your pocket, you got to try to act not afraid. 
Okay. <laughs> That's the best acting lesson in the world. All right. And so my life has been a, a movie, you know, and then when, when, uh, so I, there's no shame. In fact, nine times out of 10, I was uh, hired as a, a consultant, you know, an armed robbery consultant or a, or a, a gang banging consultant. And, and I just, you know, I, I think I, I'm not proud of my life. I, I, but I never want to forget my life, you know, because I can go back there real quick if I just do wrong. Yeah, and the, and the reason why I asked you that is is Hollywood is such a conforming town where they want you to be this one thing. And, and you're, what, what you said was perfect. Of, well, the thing I, you know, that the, I realize is that, is that you, know, you, you, you better be yourself because everyone else is taken. You know what I mean? And, and, and copies don't sell for as much. So, so you know, it's like, I got to be myself. This is me. This is what you get. You know, that's, that's how come, like, I don't even go to auditions anymore. When they see my picture, they know, well, he's not going to be the babysitter. You know, they know who <laughs> I'm going to be. Not? You know, well, because I hate kidding. <laughs> I will say, though, my favorite story that I don't know why, I mean, who knows why, shit, it's, I guess it's up to me. But there was the story where you are, you're 12 years old and Gilbert pulls up to the house with Charlie Diaz's crime partner. Oh yeah, and they're dressed in like they're so unbelievable. They're dressed in in a, a, a black fedoras, black coat. They, uh, they used to be pegger pants, and they're just like so cool. And, and they've got they they got their forty five and, and they, uh, they just did their robbery. They just did a robbery, so they're they're like floor showing, and they hand me uh all the ones they give me, like each give me about eight ones here. Kid, take those. You know, they they were they were you know, I was showing off. So, but I, I was trying to get. Can I say it? Yeah, was, man. Yeah, this is the story the we left out. <laughs> I was trying to get the girl next door to show me her tits, and she wouldn't. You know, so now I got I got like sixteen dollars, and I said, hey, I'll give you three dollars if you show me your tits. So she, for three dollars, she, she showed me her tits, and then I said. I'll give you another dollar. <laughs> Although I will say my favorite part of the story, when he was walking over to her house with 16 bucks, at first he's like, I'll give her all of this. And he's like, wait a second. I don't necessarily have to offer all of it up front. I'll see what it was, but it was like, that was when I decided, shit, I'm going to be a gangster because I mean, it was literally, you can, it was I can get anything I want, you know, it, it, with money. With it, and it was like that's what my uncle showed me, and he didn't he didn't know he was doing that. You know, what I mean, the same thing with with heroin when when my grandfather was screaming at us, and I'm pinching my ass because I know he's gonna hit me, and I'm gonna shit, I'm gonna shit myself, and I'm I'm 12 years old, I'm ah uh, ah, uh, and he's just yelling at us, and he's frothing at the mouth, and I look at my uncle, and my uncle's going. My uncle's nodding yeah. in the face of death, and he's nodding out. And when 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 my grandfather got so angry at my uncle that he was nodded out, storms into his room, and Gilbert wakes up. Say, ah, did he hit us? You know, <laughs> and I, I I wanted to be like that. That's the way I wanted to be, to be able to face death, right? Death, you understand? Yeah. And, and just go to sleep. Well, I, I mean, know he's on heroin. 
Yeah, and, and then look, I mean, all the roles you've played, um, you essentially lived. So, yeah, you didn't need the acting lesson. You don't really need the audition. Like, <laughs> like you said, you're not going to be the babysitter. Um, at, at, at this age, are you going to stop? Do you have any plans to retire? Are you going to keep going? No, uh, you know what? I My life is the retirement, really. I, You know, what do I do? I, I remember we were doing a movie called the uh, ridiculous six with uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yep. Yeah. Funny ass movie, cowboy movie. Right. And me and, uh, Oh God, 48 hours. Who did 48 hours? Uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Me and Nick Nolte are sitting in a trailer, you know, and, and I mean, we're not, we're sitting in a tent and, and they got these fans and air conditioning and, and we're just in there. And, and uh, this guy walks in and says, Hey, when are you guys going to retire? And uh, and Nick goes from what we're playing cowboys with Adam Sandler, and it's like, and that's my life, you know. You'll thank God I'm not mixing cement. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got two guys right now working in my backyard. They're building a, well, we're building another fence, and uh, and uh, I, I take them water, you know. And it's like I, I thank God that man, I'm not pouring cement no more. You know, I'm not mixing cement. You know, I'm not fighting a fire. I'm, I'm, what am I doing? You know, I'm not doing to be or not to be, you know, but I'm, I'm still just like, give me the money, bitch. You know, <laughs> speaking of which, how did you do well in that Snickers commercial? I'll never forget when that oh, aired during the Super that Bowl. Summer. That had to have been gangbusters. Hey, hey, when my, when my agent told me, hey, you're doing a, a Super Bowl commercial. And I said, that's, that's, that's the, that's the Holy grail for an actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think, you think getting an Oscar is cool, but who and the whole world watches the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and just movie buffs watch the Oscar. I mean, the whole world, people that don't even like football watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, Super Bowl commercials. Yep. And so she says, you're going to do a Super Bowl. Oh, my God. She has one problem. What? You're going to be a Marsha Brady. And I says, Super Bowl? And she goes, yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I can do that. Do I have to wear a dress? No, no, no. Okay. So so we did the Super Bowl commercial. People still talk about that. I saw you on a Super Bowl because everybody watches Super Bowl. Yeah, because it was with Buscemi, your old buddy. And Steve Buscemi, my best pal. That's it's amazing. Yeah, because you're right. Like, if you look at the ratings of the Super Bowl, you're looking at about 110, 112 million versus the Oscars. You're lucky to, you know, this year they they were under 10 million viewers. So, yeah, you're looking at, you know, 11 times the audience in one night, and you're instantly globally famous from that Super Bowl commercial, uh, along with all the other great stuff you've done. Uh, look, we are super grateful to have you guys uh, on tonight. Um, tell everybody where they can find the book. And, uh, and are you guys doing any live signings anywhere? Or has COVID kind of nuked that? I don't know. We're doing a live signing in L.A. I mean, we'll probably add more and more now that COVID's opening up. Um, we did a virtual one today. But, like, uh, yeah, right, Danny, we have one in – LA on the 11th of July. And I think we're going to do a lot more. We're going to figure hey, it out as it goes along. I got a, Donald, I got a Comic-Con in Houston, Texas. When? Uh, 
the 17th, I think. Oh, no. July. I don't know. Sorry, can don't... you hear the little ones in the background? Oh, yeah. I Look, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same at my house, too. I got, I'll I got tell two, you. I'll two tell kids. You. I'll let you know when. Perfect. Hey, When's that then we, can, we were also going to do, so the book is available, you know, obviously at Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble or, you know, any Audible, anywhere books are sold. Um, I know that they have big plans to roll it out. I know they doubled the print mm-hmm. number initially that they were going to do. So we're excited. You know, we're, what we're most excited about, what I'm most excited about is Danny's story. So incredible. It was just kind of, it was, it was, uh, the danger was messing it up and not giving it the shrift that, you know what I mean? Not giving it the effort that it, that it deserved. And the story, like you said, and you aptly said was this, you got one shot to really make this memorable and, and worthy of Danny's life. And I thought, you know what, I gotta say, I could have done this with anybody else, but Donald, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have trusted anybody that much. And I wouldn't have been as, uh, free, I guess. Uh, but I, I needed, I needed a voice that knew both the language and the streets. And, and, and he did, he just, uh, we, like I said, it's like, everybody thinks it's, you know, it's my voice. Yeah. Yeah. It well, is your voice though, Danny. I mean, yeah, it is. And I will say piling through all of the notes, you know, and that's one, and I, that's one thing is I, I get mad at myself sometimes because I'll go through the old notes and I'll see a lot of things that Danny said and they're so brilliant and funny and witty, but wise that I'm like, man, I I wish it could have been a 1200 page version of the book, but maybe we'll do some kind of, maybe we'll do some kind of, uh, companion you know or something well the good thing is i'm looking at the hey, audiobook it's, thir- july, it's 13 july hours 15th and 17th just the 15th and the 17th uh anybody in houston i'll sign books oh perfect uh yeah we're, we're down in texas come on out to come on down you're, to houston you you always you're good with instagram and all your social media accounts uh you'll be able to you're find in it texas there. you're in texas where you at? yeah texas. We're, we're in austin texas so they, I love Austin, man. Yeah, that Sixth Street. Hey, they got the cops got a name for me on Sixth Street. What's that? The Eagle. Because every time I get there, it's like <sighs> they'll always say, "All right, Eagle's here," and I gotta go. They'll they'll always help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a guy like you gets attacked on Sixth Street. I love Sixth Street. I just I, it's uh, so much fun, man. I mean, it's like you know you know one time I was. I was there by myself and I'm standing there and there's, there's like, like four Marines and I could tell they're Marines because they're here and, and it's right during the Gulf War. I'm standing there and I'm looking at them arguing with this camera. I know they want to take pictures. So I walked over to him. I says, hey, what's up? You guys are Marines, man. What do you want? He says, man, we're, we're afraid to ask you for a picture. I said, what? You guys are Marines. You charge bullets. Come on, man. Let's take a picture. Like, what do you guys want to do? He says, man, we should get a drink. I says, well, why can't you get a drink? He says, well, we're not, they were 18, right? And I, I said, shit, come on. So we, I go into a bar, every bar I go into Texas, they're like, hey, Trey, oh yeah, give me, me. Yeah, hey, set up my posse. I got them kids so fucked up, it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> we were, hey, no, but we were going down the, down the, down 60, talking about from the halls. Of- <laughs> <laughs> 
God, I hope they made it. Well, look, the, the military community loves you. Um, you know, obviously in range 15, uh, that was oh, yeah, yeah. paid was for nice. by the military, by veterans, starring veterans. You were gracious enough awesome. to do that movie. I, I, you know, wrote and directed that as well. Oh, and, that's and, right. That's right. Yeah. To this day, man, everybody talks about you in range 15. Um, you've always been an unbelievable joy to work with and uh, kind to, to everybody who has come up to you. Uh, you truly deserve all the success uh, that has come your way in this life, and uh, you're a special person, Danny. Thanks for joining us today. Donald Logue, uh, one of the best in the business, man. Uh, please, get, just get Terriers back on the air. That's all I, I ask. Yeah, that would be a dream. At it, least one last shot with Mikey, like a movie or something. I know, hey, I know. Go ahead, I love Danny. You, Danny. I love you. Hey, don't forget, you know, don't forget Gilbert's movie from a son. I, 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 I we got to do that. I love yeah. you. Oh yeah, shit. You're, you're, because your son's a director. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he did a film with me in it called uh, "From a Son," and it's, it is heavy. It's, it's heavy. It's the best work I've ever done. There, there's a woman in it named Sasha Sasha Falova who, uh, right? I'm Amazing. telling you, like next level talent. You can't believe, like it. If you're like, I'm not an actor. That person's an actor. Like someone you, you know, like when you really appreciate how much someone throws down in that world. Yeah. And commits, and it's it's powerful. It's it's incredible. You know, Gilbert Gilbert has this kind of Terrence Malick sensibility to his filmmaking too another Austin kind of reference. Yeah. But, um, yeah. From a son is uh, maybe next year it'll come out and it's, it's awesome. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. I, and look, I have no doubt your, your son's going to be uh, one of the greats. I mean, you were always bringing him to all the sets we worked on and all that stuff. So I, look, he, he grew up around it and uh, I can't wait to see that film as well. Gentlemen, I know you're super, super busy promoting the book. We appreciate your time today. Uh, Donald Logan, uh, Danny Trejo, go out and buy the book, uh, Trejo. It is out on July 6th. Everywhere books are sold. Those hardbacks are the ones that'll help uh, get them on the New York Times bestseller list. So grab a hardback off of, off of Amazon. It'll be there within 48 hours. We're going to try and get you one early. Oh, thank you. I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. On the way. Awesome. Awesome. You guys have a great day. I know you got a ton of interviews to do. Awesome. Take care, brother. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Danny. Man, what a crazy episode. Uh, did not, <laughs> I did not know the pool boy story, by the way. Um, yo, you want me back in? I'm sorry? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just clap back in, that way it's easier. So whatever their best cut point is out of that, we'll go back into this. <clears throat> uh, man, what a crazy, crazy story. I did not know that about Pool Boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of blown away by that. Um, Danny's done somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 400 movies. And he is one of those people, like we were talking about at the top, where if you get him for an independent film... It will definitely sell in territories around the world. And uh, for real, he changed my life um, on that one because if he said no, there was nowhere else to go with that. Uh, at the time, 
there wasn't a Latino actor that could sell overseas like that and as crazy as, and I'm not talking China either. This was, this predates China and all that stuff. I'm talking Spain, uh, Italy, France, Germany, uh, England, uh, Switzerland, even uh, everybody knows who Danny Trejo is. Uh, and then, you know, to have Donald Logue write the book with him, uh, like I said, Michael Raymond James, who's been on the show uh, numerous times and is, uh, is a beef fry in real life, Terriers was, was one of my favorite shows, and it was one of those shows where it made me believe, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really underline believe probably three times uh, in that statement, um, that you could make something great uh, that was off the beaten path, and you could get it made, and you could get it on uh, a major cable television network. Now, even though it only went one season, um, it was still like a massive risk. Uh, I love the show beyond words, and I know Jesse does too. And then every time I see Mikey in real life, he says the same thing. He's like, dude, I would give anything to get Terriers back on the air. Um, So I know he's... uh, he feels the same as we do in that regard with that. Um, writing a book is, uh, is, is very, very tough. Uh, these guys, I can promise you this. I, I off air, I talked to uh, uh, Delco Dan here and Giorgio. Uh, at one point, I had uh, taken a meeting with, with uh, Danny's manager, Gloria Hinjosa, about this book. Um, there was a lot to dig into. I, I can't wait to get the copy uh, for myself because some of the stories that were told to me were so crazy that it was beyond comprehension. Uh, there, was, there was one moment in Danny's life that uh, he might not have gotten out of prison, uh, might have stayed in there for life. And when I'm looking at most of these books that come out, I look at the audio book and what the minutes, the hours and minutes are. This one came in around 13 hours, and uh, I'm sure he unloaded all the stories in this one. Um, so if you want to go out and support the book, uh, go out and buy Trejo today. The first week is what counts for the New York Times bestseller list, in particular the first eight days. Uh, and hardback is the fastest way to get there. So Order a hardback. I can promise you in real life, uh, both of these guys are as genuine as they were in this interview. And Danny in particular, man, uh, that story was no bullshit, man. Three and a half hours, he sat with factory workers in downtown Los Angeles after, uh, no lie, I think it was one twelve or one thirteen that day. Uh, in downtown LA, we were shooting in a warehouse with no AC. We had to pump AC in from, uh, you know, one of those big Jennies out in the parking lot. Uh, in between shots, it was hot. Um, people were starting to get on, on each other's nerves. Uh, other departments were starting to get on other departments about certain things. And, you know, it gets tense. Uh, for Danny to not only shoot the, the, the film, save someone's life, and then go out and sign autographs, for three and a half hours outside, uh, downtown with everybody, um, speaks to his character, and, and he hasn't stopped. Uh, with, same thing with Range 15. When we approached him to do that, um, you know, I met with Jared and Nick Palmashano and Matt Best and those guys, and they said, hey, you know, going through your, your back catalog of movies, you work with Danny a bunch, would, would he want to do this movie? We'd love to have Danny Trejo in, uh, in Range 15. And I said, yeah, man, I, I think so. 
um, he's pretty much down uh, as long as there's cool people involved. Uh, and then you have to have a conversation with Gloria. So every time uh, the two or three movies that we did together, I would, I would go into her office. I would meet with her for about 45 minutes or an hour. I would talk about the project, uh, what I w was hoping to do with it, uh, if I was going to exploit Danny or not, uh, where were they, were they going to use his images and, uh, and likeness and blah, blah, blah. And you don't have that in Hollywood anymore. Uh, she's, she's one of the last of a dying breed who's actually protective of the brand, of her client and everything else. Now, the standard joke going in was, well, Danny will do anything. Well, yeah, I, when you read the book and you read about his life and what he went through, you understand it. But, uh, but when you sit there and talk to him on, on a set or, 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 or something in real life, he's doing it because he genuinely loves acting. Um, he genuinely loves being on set every single day. Uh, and he's grateful for everything that has happened in this life. And, you know, I know I've mentioned this story about Range 15 numerous times, but um, that's what makes working, about, uh, makes working with someone like him so special is they've been through all of the shit in the world. They are unimpressed by Hollywood and everything else that comes along with it. Therefore, they'll hang and they'll do anything you want all day long. Same with working with uh, all those guys that I mentioned in Range 15. It was the same exact thing with... Uh, how did you become friends with all these guys in the military and everything else? Well, sitting there working with them, I didn't want to work with the rest of the, the lazy assholes that I was working with in Hollywood. Like, dude, everybody was down to hang out. Time didn't matter. Nobody was concerned with overtime or any of that other shit. And those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with in real life. Uh, to see all the success that Danny's had since Range 15 is mind-altering. Um, I'm not joking, man. If you, I think there is eight... Trejo's Tacos locations in LA. Uh, you drive all over that city. Every block has something with his face on it that he owns, uh, be it a restaurant or, or a coffee house or, or whatever it is. Uh, and it's truly spectacular to see. Um, I don't know if there's a, a better feel-good story in Los Angeles uh, than Danny Trejo and what he's been able to accomplish with his life. Now, the other part that nobody knows is, like, he was a fucking badass boxer, dude. Uh, Giorgio, he could kick the shit out of you in a fight. That guy was I, 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 a prison champion. Very scary man. Yes. Very scary. No one knew. Because, look, he's, what, 76 now? 76 years old now? Nobody knew what he was like back in the day, but that motherfucker would beat the life out of you. He had a look in his eyes, not like he had gone to the moon, but like he had killed a man. Well... We'll see how far the book takes it, but uh, yeah, um, you know, very, very close and everything that he's seen in his life with the gangsters and all that other stuff that he was describing earlier coming up, man, it's, uh, it's every bit is advertised. It is a crazy, crazy life story that he has, and man, what a bitch to, to, to write uh, looking at it now. Um, 13 hours on audio, let's see, you're probably looking at Man, close to 550 pages. Um, and yeah, like Donald said, it, it probably still doesn't do it justice where there was probably, um, you know, a million stories left that they couldn't put in because you're not going to put out a thousand page book, obviously. And all these publishers, they'll make you cut it down to a certain point. Um, but it's inspiring to hear that he did uh, uh, the audio book on his own because that, that is a daunting task. I, I don't think people realize how difficult it is. 
um, especially at his age. Uh, if you're reading that many pages out loud, it gets frustrating. Uh, you trip over your words. Look, I do it on these shows every goddamn day, uh, and I'm not reading my life story. So, yeah, it's, uh, th- that for sure is going to be my, my first audible credit that I burn uh, is definitely going to be on his book. Uh, real quick, before we get off the air here, uh, Giorgio, what was your favorite uh, Danny Trejo movie? Because I was thinking back before we went on the air today, and I remember his head on that turtle in Breaking Bad, too, and I was like, ah, shit. That's super good. Um, was it, it's, it was one half of the Grindhouse feature. Oh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Right, right. Which one was it? It wasn't Death Race. It was the other one. It, it was the other one, and I think that's how they got Machete was out of that movie because they were testing out. She is the girl had the one leg. With yeah, the Rose McGowan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Good times all the way around. Um, and, and who would guess, man? Because you see a guy like that, like, and you're like, holy shit, he must be scary as fuck. He's hilarious. He's genuine. Uh, he's funny. The book is out now. Uh, Trejo, I highly encourage you to go and get it. And uh, once again, uh, thank you to Danny and thank you to Donald for the time today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a review. I promise you, that is what keeps us in the charts. It is just those ratings and reviews. Uh, it, it, it really is nothing else. It, it, it doesn't matter how many people listen to the goddamn show. It is simply the ratings and reviews, and we are extremely grateful uh, that you keep returning and leaving them. Steal someone else's phone and leave a review and a rating. All of it helps. Uh, same with the Audible. Go out and get the Audible of, of, of Danny's book. Even if you have a free credit, it counts, and the authors get the money. Um, I know it's, it sounds strange, but uh, they do keep track of that behind the scenes, uh, and they will get paid for it. So burn a free Audible on this book and go out and get the hardback uh, to help drive those guys up the New York Times bestseller list. I know Jesse wished she could have been here today. Uh, she is with the kids. So it's just me, and I, I appreciate you tuning in. I am Ross Patterson, and this is The Revolution. Bueno, started.